Hello there, it's crunch time in the Hurling Championship. The Talchin Cup gets underway and we're not yet at the end of May. Welcome along to the Championship, it's great to have you along. We've got another busy show ahead. Jamie Boyle, the captain of the New York Senior Footballers, is with us. So too are Shane Dowling and Keith Higgins at the Tactics Board. And Quiva Marley Morgan is here to chat all things LGFA. Yeah, we're going to begin tonight with football and a fresh chapter for the game this weekend with the start of the inaugural Talchin Cup. There's been so much discussion around promotion and how the various teams may approach this competition. One side for whom it provides a very significant opportunity is New York. They'll enter at the quarter-final stage and play their first senior game on Irish soil in their 108-year history. Their captain, Jamie Boyle, is standing by via Zoom. The squad has already seen action this year, having faced Sligo in the Connacht Championship just a month ago. Sligo will be playing from left to right in this first half. Uh, first win of the ball for New York, and they're looking for a fast start with Paul Kilcoyne. He has some space here, Paul Kilcoyne. Pulls the trigger, and what a start to the game. Yeah, this is Paul Kilkind there getting the opening score of New York's uh, championship game against Sligo just a few weeks back. It was a break of 1,071 days for the New York Gaelic football team. And I'm delighted now to be joined by Jamie Boyle, the captain of the team. How are you doing, Jamie? Uh, doing good. Thank you for having me. We're just saying the day is coming now when that, that championship win for New York is, is not too far around the corner. And I guess, Jamie, with the advent of the Talchin Cup, you'll be hoping that competition is the time where New York get that championship win. Yeah, um, it, it's going to come eventually. Uh, I hope I'm still involved. Um, but yeah, you can, you can feel it. There's a, there's a buzz around the team. Um, the nucleus, I think, is, you know, 20 and 21-year-old kids who are born and raised in New York, you know, sprinkled in with a few older guys, a few, um, you know, vets that are in their 30s. But there's a... I mean, we have a junior team that's going back in July. That'll be, um, I think, 100% Americans. I think you have to come up through uh, the minor board over here. And um, that'll be a strong showing because we, we have a couple kids on the seniors who will be playing in the juniors. But, yeah, I think, uh, in the, you know, whether it's next year or in five years, it's, uh, I, you know, I think New York's going to be a team that uh, just continues to get stronger and stronger. Yeah, I saw a New York failed team over here, Jamie, a couple of times and did, did quite well. Will the Talchin Cup help that, Jamie, help that evolution and, and give people, you know, more than one game a year, give them maybe realistic targets, uh, a bit of continuity and a chance for you guys to stay together a little bit more? As far as getting more games, without a doubt, um, it's exciting to get the opportunity to go back to Ireland and get a game in. You know, that's obviously, it hasn't been done more games together are obviously going to help. Um, I'd say since we played the last game, I mean, there might be a few kids who, who played on the team. Uh, I think it was back in 2019, but there's kind of, when we came together in December, um, I didn't know a lot of the kids. So the, the bond is still being formed. Um, we've, we've all grown to become good friends now, but uh, yeah, more games will do that more time together. Uh, get seeing that level of competition you know it's a little better than scrimmaging yourselves every Sunday what has the dynamic been like since you lost to Sligo in other years you'd be back with St. St. Barnabas or your respective clubs or whatever but uh, since the Sligo game the fact that you're still in the championship and the fact that the GEA are promoting this and they're behind it has that meant much for morale or for the dynamic or for just for New York GEA in general as far as morale I mean we, we were in that game 
Um, we were expecting to win going into it. I think at halftime, we were even more so expecting to, you know, we could, we could uh, pull this off. Um, no one's happy with the loss, but um, I, I think we take a lot of positives from it. So morale, morale is still very high. Um, as far as like schedule and stuff and everyone going back to their clubs, I mean, we've continued with the New York senior training. Um, the clubs have been good and they've switched around kind of training around that. If like tonight we have training, um, a couple of the clubs, um, do have a game, so they'll do some light shooting and stuff while we're training, but it's good. They we're making it so that, you know, they're still there. They're with us. Morale is good. You know, we did, uh, you take the 24 hours after the loss to, you know, kind of sulk on it and, and think about it, but then, you know, it's business as usual the next day. Um, just looking then on what you guys did during the pandemic with the Slauncher 2020 initiative, uh, the fact that New York really came together to help the Irish community and frontline workers over there, and the fact that you went two years without a game, Jamie, it could easily have disintegrated. And, and now, in contrast, you're, you're looking at a new Gaelic park, uh, you're looking at more probably high-profile positions. You guys come into a quarterfinal in the Cup, and... Just to hear you guys have stayed together is a big thing because I know how easy it would be to disintegrate, disintegrate and go your own separate yeah. ways in that city. Yeah, I think the uh, the effect that it had was uh, people realize how much they miss it, you know, whether it's playing it, whether it's going to the park to watch it. Um, so I'm for myself uh, personally, like I wasn't playing at all before the pandemic. And then, uh, you know, I kind of came back to or went to St. Barnabas uh, right as it was ending because you know, there was chatter that the league was going to go on, but yeah, it was very close. Even the clubs over here uh, from not doing a senior uh, championship uh, campaign. And um, it was very close to, to not happening. And then I think, you know, not having New York and then the New York team coming back this year has been big. So it's, it's created like a, a buzz, you know, it, it not being around. From your own roots, uh, Jamie, getting back to play in Ireland, what will that mean? Yeah, it would mean a lot. Uh, I, I played on the, the Fela team uh, twice when I was, I guess, 13 and 14 years old. Um, yeah, it'll, it'll mean a lot. My grandparents are from there. Uh, they're from Donegal. So, yeah, it's like, uh, you know, when you grow up playing uh, Gaelic football here in New York, that's what you kind of think about. You know what I mean? Going over to Ireland and playing and, you know, you think that's the, the major leagues. And um, when we think of Ireland and, and Gaelic football, is, you know, when you're younger, it's the it's the ultimate. So yeah, now being a little bit older, it's the same. I mean, you know, extremely uh, excited and, uh, you know, hungry for it. For the Irish expat living over there for 30, 40, 50 years, how significant or emotional will it be for those guys to be able to turn on GEA Go or RT Radio and hear and see and listen to a New York senior football team playing back here in the Talchon Cup, which is a championship that most teams here that are in it are taking very, very seriously. Yeah, I, I would say it's, um, I'd say it's very serious. Um, a lot of the guys I work with, I'm in construction. So a lot of the guys here are Irish, uh, a lot of Irish companies we work with. And just even in the buildup to the Sligo game, the, um, you know, the chat about it and the excitement that, you know, the, the game was, was going to be on in New York uh, was big and, um, you know, just, I, I talk, it's probably every day on a job site where I'm talking about the, the cup and, you know, what, what the, uh, the draw like results were um, for the first round and the pre pre uh, preliminary round. Yeah. And then just, yeah. you know, who we're going to get and just talking about that. So 
I could I could only imagine for the the guys who have moved over here 40, 50 years ago, uh, that excitement and you know to be able to to sit down and, and turn that on and in a few weeks time. Thanks so much for your time, Jamie. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Jamie Boyle there, New York captain and a great guy as well. Delighted now to be joined by Shane and Keith at the Tactics Board. You're very welcome along this evening, guys. Thanks, David. Cheers, Emma. Yeah, Keith, just come to you first of all. Uh, Mayo are in the Christie Ring final against Kildare on Saturday, Keith. Um, not a huge amount about it, again, unfortunately. Like, the only time we've really heard about Mayo this year was trying to get access to, to, to their home pitch. Um, you know, with the Nicky Racker Cup final, the Laurie Mara Cup final and Christie Ring final, like six counties, Longford, Loud, Roscommon and Tyrone and Kildare and Mayo. An unbelievable amount of work going on in those pockets of hurling. Do we all need to do more t- to promote this uh, this game among the emerging codes, Keith? And I know you're involved yourself yeah I think we do Damien to be honest um, look I think it's the same in all those counties and, and I suppose the majority of the counties around the country you have a small amount of people doing all the work um, trying to keep the, the game going in the clubs and like you said in the little pockets around the place but they need help you know they need whether it's funding for coaches getting to school or that type of thing there is a lot more that can be done now look I know funding isn't going to be the answer to everything but there definitely is more that can be done um, and it has to start at this was the grassroots level and the underage level but you know you would go back there to the point you made about there being nothing really mentioned about these games and I suppose look that's always been the case for the lower level competitions bar maybe the Joe McDonough small within the last year or two but that's probably the one fear you'd have of the Talchin Cup in a couple, couple of years time is that if the necessary I suppose promotion of it isn't put in by the GEA then it could fall by the wayside and you'll see counties, counties losing it was an interest, so I think there's always more that can be done, definitely. Uh, Shane, just during the week, I was chatting to David Herity, the killer manager, and did a piece with him. Last week, I was chatting to the Mayo management and just the passion that they have, like, and the work that they're putting in and the progress that they've made as well, in fairness. Like, Mayo looked uh, in trouble in the league and they've bounced back really, really well. Um, just from, from your point of view, I know it's something you never had to worry about because you're playing with high-profile teams, but um, do, we, do we tend to forget the lesser lights in the game? And is that probably part of the reason why teams are struggling to break through and stay at a certain level? Well, first of all, them I must eat some humble pie because I think the last question you asked me last week was, mm. could, would, could we, you know, is, is there could could we see an upset at all between uh, Westmead and 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 Wexford and Leash and Galway? I said no, not at all. You know, it's just it could be no normal service resumes. And in fairness to Westmead, uh, you know, they, they did a fantastic result against Wexford. So listen, I think in, in like it's kind of like the, the split season, um, Damon, like. I still don't know the right answer and, and until I know it I find it hard to give a full opinion on it because there's no doubt about it that you know when you read the likes of Mayo Hurlers not being able to get to their main ground I mean that's it's sickening to read really and if it's sickening for me to read to read here in Limerick well then it must be twice or three times as much for the, for the players that can't even get access to, to their home venue so you know, there's no point in other in, in, in everyone else worrying about it first. I think the first people that have to worry about it is their own county boards and their own sponsors. And until they come on side, well, then they're wasting their time doing everything else because if everyone else is looking after them, but internally there's issues, well, then there's big problems. Yeah. So I don't know from Keith's perspective, but the first thing that every county needs to look at is sponsorship and county boards. And when they've got them two people, 
on board ready to invest and ready to support I think only then can they look outside of that and for me at this moment in time I think a lot of counties need to look internally first before they worry about external stuff and Keith in fairness the, the Mayo board let you guys back into your pitch eventually and well very very soon afterwards in fairness and like uh, you guys just want to play in the best venues get the best crowds in and, and do your best in a Mayo jersey absolutely absolutely I think like I said it, it should be a non-negotiable that you play in your county's top ground, I suppose. Look, there was obviously a big redevelopment there with the pitch and all that. And like in fairness, the surface was excellent when we were in there. But I mean, yeah. that's where you want to be playing. But like Shane's point is right there. Like the, the book obviously stops with on your own doorstep. The problem, I suppose, we see here in I suppose these counties is there isn't that tradition of the game in the counties. So there isn't big numbers of parents willing to come out and coach every Saturday yeah. underage trains because they don't know no anything about the game. They have no experience in the game. They have no history in the game. So you, that's where you need funding for these additional coaches to come in and help out the clubs, help out the schools. Because the more access the kids are getting to the game, the better. But if there isn't that enthusiasm there at the club level, or if there isn't that tradition there at the club level, it is very, very difficult to keep it going. Yeah. And we've seen that a lot of the time over the last few years. You'd have you know, a pocket of people who come in, they'll do a lot of work at the club maybe for five or ten years, and then they might move on someplace else and it falls by the wayside. You know, so... I think I said this before in the show. It's it's always a long term project. It's you know it's not a five or ten year plan. It's a twenty or thirty year plan a lot of the time. From your perspective now, what needs to be done over the next couple of years to make sure that the Talchin Cup is a roaring success? Um, it's been launched. It starts this weekend. There has been a bit of promotion about it lately. In fairness, but uh, that's going to need to be sustained, isn't it? But what more would you like to see done to ensure that succeeds? The GA really really need to promote it an awful lot. The more they can be seen to be showing good interest in a good promotion then hopefully the supporters will get behind it as well and you'll get crowds at the games and the players will see there's something there to play for you know so I think it's kind of a knock-on effect in everything but everyone who's involved in this really needs to buy into it and I think like I said it starts with the promotion of the game if the players see the GA taking it seriously then hopefully they'll get behind it because like I know from our point of view like that you know okay. there might be a few ads thrown out about the Chris Deering final in the week before the game but the rest of the year there's nothing said about it you know so they really need to promote it right and get the players and get the supporters back in it. Let's look at Leinster Hurling, Shane. Um, what stands out for you? It's round five. There's quite a bit up for stake. Uh, just take a, a, an overview of the, the three games. Kilkenny and Wexford, Galway and Dublin and then Leash versus Westmead at the at MWH uh, Higher Moor Park as well. I was I kind of I, I did a piece on it kind of last week Damon in, in relation to Leinster hurling and maybe that it was forgotten mm. about but could it nearly be the most exciting because in my mind I thought Waterford would be Cork so that meant that this weekend initially would have been a game of dead rubbers you know that Cork and Tipper playing for pride and that Waterford and Clare well both were qualified in the All-Ireland series would have been fighting for a Munster final spot as it turned out that's not the case so now all the attention turns to Munster again um, because you know and, and Leinster last weekend was fierce disappointing like I was really disappointed with Dublin last week I mean it's year four under Matty Kenny uh, I do think they're a good side I think they've got some great players some of the best players in the country might I add in my opinion Damon like the like Owen O'Donnell full back he's I think class. is top yeah. class he's really really good um, you know and there's many more I don't even like naming out individuals like that but they were so disappointed in their own backyard Kilkenny you know it was one eleven to 11 and a half time the game was there for them and by God were they fair bad in the second half I, I, I can't put my finger on it at all hard to bounce back from that Shane very hard and like how could anyone think right or how could anyone predict that they go to Galway now the weekend and turn over Galway yeah. it's impossible yeah. to see yeah. and like the, the, you know the funny thing is is that if K- once Kenny beat Wexford it doesn't matter what the result is uh, with Dublin versus and Galway and do you expect so, Kenny to, to account for Wexford I mean where do Wexford stand in, in your opinion 
But sure, how how mm. does anyone know where Wexford stand? I mean, they were flying in the league, then they got annihilated in the league semi final, and since then their for, their form has been quite poor. They scraped the draw against Galway, they were beaten at home by Dublin, and then they drew you know they drew Westmead like so. Again, how could anyone see Wexford overturning Kilkenny, and how could anyone see Dublin overturning Galway based on last week? In saying that, that demo. Wexford v Kilkenny Darry Egan surely he can round these boys up and give it one hell of a lash and you have to expect that and that's why you're disappointed with Dublin is because big game you'd expect them to wire into them and fight on their backs and you just didn't see that and that's I suppose what's most concerning for me OK uh, Keith would you look at Munster for me uh, you've got Clare and Waterford Tipperary versus Cork uh, I got a D3 in past maths on my leaving cert lad so I'm the wrong lad to be looking at the formulas <laughs> and the permutations here um, but uh, Clare versus Waterford I just wonder will they will clear rest players Keith and Tip versus Cork Tip need to win by seven and hope that uh, Clare winning in Ennis for them to get through and that would be a remarkable progression if they did Yeah I think on the Clare one I suppose that's kind of the most interesting one for me even though they are already through I mean there's all this talk of will they won't they rest players but like from my point of view I think they just go out nearly at full strength and just try and keep that momentum going mm. you know like, oh, I'd have to disagree with that demo. Go on, fire away. Well, that's all, that's oh, all right. So we won't, we'll never agree on everything. But I just <laughs> think the, the, type, of game, the uh-huh. type of game Clare play and the way Brian Lohan is, like they don't they don't seem to be the type of team who will ease off. They just seem to be, have to be going 100 miles an hour all the time. And I just think they'd rather be going into a Munster final against Limerick on the back of a big performance against Waterford. Everyone going well and, you know, like you're not going to go through a season where you don't pick up a couple of injuries. But I just think if they try and ease off... You know, it just means that they kind of need to bring it down a level for a week and trying to get back up to that level again can be a bit difficult sometimes. So for me, Jeez. I think they just need to go to go all out it- again at it. I, I, I don't know I, I, you can wrap players up in, uh, in in bubble wrap obviously but uh, you know I think if you put a full strength team out against Waterford or bet seven or eight pints all of a sudden your confidence is now in your boots again ahead of a Munster final you give you know the Tony Kelly's you know all the, the David McInerney's David Schurz, all these guys uh, you give all them a rest right and you're, it's not that you're weak and I don't like this terminology you're playing a weaker side you're just giving lads game time that haven't had the opportunity to get it and then if you are beating seven or eight points well you know you've been down six or seven players you've, lad, you've lads rested and you've two weeks then to get ready for a Munster final I think you run a big big risk in terms of injuries number one and potentially downing in confidence number two if you were to receive a beating so if I was Brian Lohan I most certainly would not be playing my starting 15 that played against Limerick that's why we were on the radio and not on the sidelines. Well. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> and Keith Shane is going to Castle Bar for a stag this weekend, so he'll be need to be wrapped up in, in bubble wrap as well. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, he will on Sunday anyways, that's for sure. I'm trying to get either of you to tell me can Tipperary be Cork by seven points here, but I, I don't get any answers. <laughs> like Shane said there about some of the Leinster games, you just can't predict them the way the results have gone. But I mean, based on the way Cork performed last weekend, you'd surely imagine that they'll get over the line on this one. But... Look, I mean, what you know, Tip could come out of the gun, or the blocks all guns blazing on this. They could be hurting. They just could come out and just throw everything at it, like I suppose Cork did last weekend. So you just the way, the way the games have gone over the last couple of weeks, you just don't know. I mean, it's it should be we should be in for a cracking weekend, but <laughs> trying to predict them is just yeah. And Shane, just a word on Cork then. The Cork project, it's it's like the Dublin project. Now it's at a very tenuous stage. They have to seize this day, don't they, really, and plough through and get into that uh, All-Ireland series and try and drive on. Yeah, they have to, but big kudos to, to Cork, number one, and to Kieran Kings, number two. Demo, he made some big decisions there the weekend gone by, bringing Tim O'Matney on up top, taking off Pat Horgan early. So, I I, I, listen, I, actually, I like this Cork team. I, you know, I just, the, the only thing that I ever 
question I suppose over him is that that bit of bite that bit of steel they showed that the last day down in Walsh Park I was delighted to see it and you would expect them to continue that into the weekend but look like Tipperary who you know maybe I haven't been as kind to this year as I've been in previous years but they put on some performance against Limerick for 62 or 3 minutes Damien so if they can bring that if they can bring what they brought to Limerick you know, straight into the game the next day. Well, why can't it be Cork? Okay, so uh, yeah. it's the makings of a great game. Well, thank God, and it's not a dead rubber for a start. Just a quick line, Shane, before you go on the All Ireland Under Twenty Final, Kilkenny and Limerick, FPD Simple Stadium, one thirty on Sunday. Yeah, and even just before that, we I, we didn't really go into Westmead and Leash as well, then, which is a huge game as well. And yeah. I just think from a Westmead perspective, obviously they have uh, have had a really really successful year. And I think if they could get over the line and beat Leash the weekend, it'd be just a top class year for them. So mm. the very very big game as well, a huge game to be honest. The the twenties final. Listen, haven't I saw the Kilkenny and Wexford semi final? I thought the standard in the Limerick uh, final was 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 much better. Maybe I'm going to think that anyway. I don't I do know that the Limerick team have some very very talented players. I, uh, you know, if they play to their potential the weekend, obviously confidence is high. Uh, okay. But Limerick and Kilkenny is always very, very close. Shane, Keith, thanks so much. We talk again next weekend, please. Cheers, lads. Cheers, boys. Now, last year, one of the highlights in the whole GEA calendar was the Meath Ladies Football, Eamon Murray's team, and their unbelievable display against Dublin in the All Ireland final. Porrick Lodge is right, they did rip it, rip it to shreds. They were unbelievable. They changed the tactics book, they changed the structures. They really, really went at their opponents. And off the field, the LGFA are working really hard to make sure that new ground is broken and standards are high as well. Quiva Marley Morgan joins us now. Quiva, former Armagh ladies footballer, very well decorated, three Ulster titles, three national leagues, and all star. And Quiva, you're part of the Learn to Lead uh, female leadership program. And it's trying to break new ground uh, in the GEA. In, um, in, in areas of uh, coaching, officiating, administration and PR media. It's great to see, Quiva. What's behind this move? Well, I suppose, you know, as you've mentioned there, the LGFA are trailblazers when it comes to empowering the next generation, especially promoting their women and, you know, looking forward and trying to see where can we get the most out of maybe past players or people that are involved in different strands is what they would call it. So, as you said there, there's coaching, officiating, administrating, and the PR media strand. So, you know, when you look at this, this is the second year of this program, um, and I've been delighted to be selected for it, and I've got so, so much out of it. Uh, But when you look at, you know, the future and the past of ladies' football, you can see how much it's come on and how the LGFA are driving it, you know, in terms of this program. And Quiva, it has come on uh, everywhere. Standards are, are gone rocket high. Everywhere you look, there's former um, ladies footballers. Uh, Elaine Hartz with Tipperary Seniors as goalkeeping coach. Clino O'Connor is with the, the Dublin Senior Hurlers as a, a performance expert as well. And uh, people are drawing from the resources. Uh, what have you got out of the Learn to Lead programme then that, you know, the likes of you, Quiva, who've an unbelievable playing background, can give back to the GEA and the association in the future? Well, look, I suppose I owe so much to the LGFA. And when I decided to retire in 2020 after 20 years of service, you're thinking to yourself, oh my goodness, what am I going to do now? And, you know, you don't have to look too far to find something for yourself. And this course just really appealed to me so much. 
it has you know brought on all aspects of my life not all only you know to do with football um, it's helped me with my personal and professional life um, mm. there's fantastic life coaches involved in it and you know you have Pedro Anglo and Neve McElwain who do the core days where we all come together all our four strands um, there's something in it for absolutely everybody and I think that's why the LGFA and this course appeals to so many people uh, when you say appeal then, uh, you saw Meet Ladies last year, Quiva, and I, I just felt there were uh, blitzreak stuff. It was unbelievable and fantastic to watch. And ladies football has been great to watch for well over a decade now. Uh, just Is it any surprise to you then that our, our best players nearly are being looked at by the AFLW uh, or other codes even? No, it's it's no surprise at all. And it shows you the level of professionalism now that is involved with these teams, you know, girls especially are being put on the map now for, you know, the work that they're putting in and you know, they are putting in as much work as the men and you can see now that from the approaches from different sports and, you know, it, it's it's just, it's deserved. Um, and now I suppose the LGFA will have to look at ways, you know, because of conflicting um, seasons, how we're going to retain our players as well. So, whereas on the whole, it's, it's, it's a good thing that we're being looked at and it's fantastic and shows professionalism. It'll also be a little bit of a, you know, a work in progress with how the, the LGFA will retain these players as well. Mm, yeah, absolutely. And it's a challenge there, Learn to Lead uh, programme that you're involved in. Will that help then uh, us universally see that the, the people who have expertise in ladies football and camogie are certainly more than qualified to comment and come into coach in the men's game? And that's a barrier that's been broken down, Quiva, but it probably needs further exploration also. Oh, absolutely, 100%. I'm so glad you've touched on that because I've always said with my sisters, you know, who keenly play as well, I will know that ladies football has reached the pinnacle or women in sport have reached the pinnacle within the LGFA, GAA circles when women are actively involved in the men's scene, you know, and they're being looked at and respected, you know, in terms of all codes across the board, hurling, camogie, you know, ladies football and the men's football as well. Uh, your opinion on this, Quiva? Ladies Gaelic Football Association have been breaking ground for a long time now in terms of standards, crowds, uh, the, the programme, the Learn to Lead programme that you're doing. Integration is on the cards as well, Quiva. People are trying to drive that closer and closer. And I was even listening to a, a podcast from a different station where players are talking about mileage and expenses and, you know, the, the code has to get that. Will the integration progress uh, process help uh, that? Will it help streamline the game, help improve the game? And would you like to see it happening sooner rather than later? I want to see it happen correctly, um, and for everyone to benefit across the board in it. I don't want the Ladies um, Football Association to be diluted within it. So as long as it's done right, you know, I would like to see it happen, you know, soon, yes. But in terms of, you know, doing it really quickly and it not working out and, you know, ladies maybe not, you know, getting the highlights that they deserve that we worked so, so hard to get. So, you know, if it takes a little bit of time to get it right, I would prefer that to happen. Um, Get you know, the key fundamentals right, Quiva, yeah. before everything else is uh, agreed. Yes, completely. You know, the, you know, I don't want to see any dilution of the massive strides that we have made. Like 20 years ago when I started, you know, in the inter-county scene to where we have come to now, it's phenomenal. It's just and it's right. But let's move forward in the right way and bring people along with us. Yeah, I'd love to chat to you about it again in the future. But for now, Quiva and Marley Morgan, thank you so much for your time and best of luck in the Learn to Lead programme. Thank you very much. That's all from us on the Championship this week, folks. Thanks so much for listening. Damien O'Mara was our brilliant producer, as always, and on sound, Harry Buckless from myself, Damien Lawler, and we'll chat again next weekend. Please, God.